Good morning and welcome to the November 8th edition of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we are on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is Ryan Joy, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about what was wrong with Monday Night Raw from this day in 1993. And I'll be honest, November 8th isn't a day that's chock full of a lot of wrestling history. So I just kind of pulled up Monday Night Raw on Peacock and I said, I kind of was like, let me see if there was ever an episode on November 8th and I'll see what was happening. And so when I did that, I found out in the very first year, there was in fact an episode of Monday Night Raw and it was on November 8th. And so I live in Florida now, but I grew up in upstate New York and even owned a house for a time in northeastern Pennsylvania. So you can imagine my interest when I discovered that WWF ran Bushkill, Pennsylvania on this day in 1993. In fact, WWF ran a few shows from the Fernwood Resort in Bushkill. So if you watch it closely, it's pretty easy to see both the November 8th and the November 15th episodes of Monday Night Raw took place in the same venue. That's because while November 8th was a live episode of Raw, the November 15th episode was a taped one. Keep that little nugget in mind as we move forward. (laughs) The show was built around a couple of key booking concepts. First, Randy Savage badly wanted to get his hands on Crush. And despite being a commentator at this point, Savage made it perfectly clear throughout the broadcast that should Crush show his face for his scheduled match, there would be hell to pay. Well, late in the show, Crush did appear, and Savage pounced with the two of them fighting all the way to the back, and the show closed with Savage and Crush fighting outside the building. That rivalry would go on for quite some time, and you may remember their Falls Count Anywhere match four months later at WrestleMania 10. It was really unique because after the fall, the defeated wrestler then had 60 seconds to make it back to the ring, and if the wrestler made it back to the ring, the match would continue. So no point going for a pinfall inside the ring, I suppose. Those were the days. The second story weave throughout the show had to do with the build-up to the 1993 Survivor Series on November 24th. Now, the main event of the Survivor Series show would have WWF champion Yokozuna and his team of foreign fanatics, which were the tag team champions of the Quebecers, and Ludwig Borga, going up against Lex Luger and his team of All-Americans, including the Steiner brothers and Tatanka. Well, in one of the preceding shows, Borga had injured Tatanka, taking him out of the match. So there was a lot of speculation about who would take Tatanka's spot in the main event. So now the stage is appropriately set, and I can explain the opening contest on Monday Night Raw from November 8th, 1993, was one member of the Foreign Fanatics, Ludwig Borga, versus one member of the All-Americans, Scott Steiner. The match would, of course, end in a double DQ when members of both Survivor Series teams rushed the ring. But don't worry, there will be other opportunities for singles matches in the coming weeks. In fact, throughout the entire episode of Raw, Vince McMahon was explaining that you could call their 900 line and spend 99 cents to cast a vote for who you wanted to see face the foreign fanatic Pierre, that's PCO by today's standards, on the 1115 edition of Monday Night Raw. Your choices, of course, were All-American Lex Luger, Marty Jannetty, The 123 Kid, or Doink the Clown. Vince was heavily pushing the idea that voters should pick Lex Luger, and that only makes sense considering the match 
the WWF was building for Survivor Series. Well, Raw would go on. We would see one of those classic Jeff Jarrett vignettes where he would teach us how to spell his name. In case you forgot, it's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Ha ha! This week's vignette was from the historic Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Jeff took the opportunity to run down Conway Twitty and George Jones' legends of country music in the process. We would also see Men on a Mission defeat the team of Steve Smith and Corey Student. If you were thinking that was a squash match, first you would be right, and second I would be reminding you that the Men on a Mission finisher pretty much involved a literal squash of their opponents. Next up, we had an Ico Pro commercial focused on the physique of Razor Ramon and Todd Pettengale's, that's P-E-T-T-E-N-G-I-L-L, sorry, Todd Pettengill's Survivor Series report, where he essentially just ran down the action while teasing the weekend edition of Superstars, where we would learn Tatanka's replacement on the All-American team. We saw a pre-recorded message from The Undertaker, where he advised if you drink and drive, sooner or later you're going to meet The Undertaker. Point taken. Following that morbid message, the model Rick Martel won his squash match against John Paul with the Canadian Crab. And don't forget that all the while Vince was reminding us that you could cast your vote for Pierre's opponent next week. So it's main event time. Barry Horowitz versus Bob Backlund. Now this is before Backlund's heel turn, but several months after he set a long-standing record for length of time in the Royal Rumble. A record that has since been broken. Well, nobody cared about the main event. And we didn't even see or hear the finish because the camera crew was following the continued feud of Crush and Randy Savage. The Crush Savage drama was way more interesting than the drama in the ring. I guess that's fair. And that was the show. But I almost forgot. Actually, I didn't forget. I've been building to this point the entire show. Just prior to the main event, Vince McMahon let us know that it was in fact Lex Luger who won the fan vote. And it was by a landslide, as he said. So next week it would be Lex Luger versus Pierre. Okay. Now I hope you've been paying attention the whole time. Because now I want to talk to you about some misbehavior on McMahon's part. As you may recall, WWF was charging 99 cents per vote to decide Pierre's opponent. Now, even if you set aside the fact that WWF had certainly decided it would be Lex Luger facing Pierre, which would lead to an injury angle, taking Pierre out of the Survivor Series main event, and inserting Crush, even if I go ahead and make the leak that WWF had not decide in advance that it would be Lex Luger versus Pierre, no matter the outcome of the voting. What you can excuse is the fact that the phone lines remained open late enough for the people in the Midwest and Pacific time zones to make their votes. And what's important about that is USA was airing Raw live on the East Coast and on delay for the West Coast, meaning that WWF made a conscious decision to keep the West Coast phone lines open even after they made the announcement on the East Coast. So WWF announced to the East Coast that the match was set to be Luger versus Pierre while they continued to take 99 cent votes from people on the West Coast. I'm pretty sure this was the only time WWF did a fan vote for a match like this because they did get called out on it by journalists of the day. Well, it was the last, it wasn't the first 900 line 99 cent poll. Several weeks prior to this poll, there was another one asking if Shawn Michaels should be reinstated. Michaels had obviously already agreed to terms and was given a return date, but the same time zone issue arose where the WF continued to take the money of the West Coast people after an announcement was made. 
It's all pretty shady. And WWF did decide to refund the West Coast money. They explained that they didn't consider the time zone issue, which really to me only explains why they didn't expect to get caught and not why they committed the underlying fraudulent behavior of requesting fans to pay money to vote on a matter that had already been decided. Okay, I'll rest my case. The 1900 line 99 cent vote is the answer to today's daily wrestling news show question of what was wrong with Raw on this day in 1993. If you would like to continue the conversation or have some other opinions about the 99 cent voting that took place in 1993, I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group, and let's have a conversation about it. Uh, you can get there by going to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show, or just search for Daily Wrestling News Show in the search bar. Either way, you should get there, click join, we'll let you in, and we'll continue the conversation about this weird Monday Night Raw from 1993, or the Survivor Series from 1993, as that was kind of what we were all building to. So with that said, that is the Daily Wrestling News Show for today. If we don't see you in the Facebook group, we will see you here tomorrow.